stand, please, uh, in honor of God's word, and I'll be reading from Luke, the first chapter, verses 39 to 55. It says there, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. This is the word of the Lord. We're down in Alberta Dykstra, and we've been members here at Cornerstone since uh, 2006. And uh, we have three children. We have 10 grandchildren and three married grandchildren, and we have four great-grandchildren. One of the joys that we had this year from all of this was the birth of our two great-granddaughters. One was the last part of June, and the other one was the last part of um, July. Uh, we like to travel. We have always traveled a lot over the years. Um, and this year we had travel plans for Hawaii and then to go back east for uh, graduations and a wedding, which uh, that all changed. This fall, that's the time when we had, the valley was really in smoke bad and we thought, you know what, we're gonna get out of here. So we went back east to see our son Michigan to see my sister who lives there and in Michigan is where we picked up the, the coronavirus. Um, I didn't do too well with it and ended up in the hospital. They said that Don had to be in the hospital for five days and um, somehow the Lord just gave me so much peace and comfort um, during this time, I could really feel the prayers of our family and our dear friends and our church family. And I really want to thank them for that because we could really feel the prayers coming through. Then uh, after the hospital, I took me another almost five days for me to recover. So I was practically laid up with that for a month. 
through that all. Uh, it was a great uh, joy to me to be back home again and to know that people were praying for me and knowing that uh, Christ in my life that I was assured of whether I recovered or didn't. Christians, I think, have, uh, you know, we have a different faith than uh, people that are not going to church or do not have a Christian faith. They have nothing else. They just have what the doctor says, but we have the doctors and we have nurses, and then we also have Jesus Christ, and I think, uh, to me, that's, uh, that's key. I think of the light at the end, I think of the end, I guess, the end of this year is one thing, but I guess I think of the end of my life. Uh, Jesus is there. He is everything to us. He's our hope. When Easter comes, you know, he died on the cross for us. He rose again. Those things are, to me, are just really important. That is a great joy. of Jesus as our joy in this uncertainty. Amen. Fantastic. As we continue our series in Advent, where we've already experienced peace, we've already experienced hope, today we focus on joy. And whether it's uh, you know, maybe your own birth, or maybe a kid, or grandkids, um, I think birth is it for us. You're just excited about uh, when there's a new birth in your family, right? Every, even like the, the biggest Scrooge in your family, man, they, they just go crazy when there's a when there's a birth in the family. And uh, while our friends at Webster Dictionary will describe joy as an emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, biblical joy is an eruptive feeling in the soul that's produced by the Holy Spirit, not by circumstances. And he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word and also in the world around us. Uh, and so I think about Christmas carols, especially during this time of year, Christmas carols. And uh, when we get to sing those wherever they are, they might be in your house, they might be at church, um, if you can sneak into a nursing home, uh, they love it there, at schools, um, maybe on a Zoom conference, uh, or if you're lucky to be in school, then you can, you can do it. But Christmas carols are everywhere, and there are, they are our souls exploding in response to what God has already done in his son. Uh, and every year, I know so many people look forward to that. And so it's really not ours, but it's God's joy that we are participating with. And so we're gonna begin with God. And based on that view, I invite us to inspect three aspects this morning of God's joy in uncertainty. And that's our theme uh, for today. And 
It's kind of an obvious one in the day that we live in. So three aspects. The first is this, that God's joy enables us to praise his sovereignty. It enables us to praise his sovereignty. Mary said, or more accurately, sang, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Think about that. That's a teenage girl that uh, is doing this. That's pretty impressive that uh, she's in this state and can, can declare this. Um, that's her knee-jerk reaction right off the bat to what Elizabeth, her cousin, uh, said to her. She said, you know, blessed are you who believes that the Lord will fulfill what he spoke to you. Think about it. Mary, teenager, just a girl, a girl from Nazareth, right? No, no big thing. But the key is that God is sovereign. He's in control. He's in charge. He's working out his plan And now Mary is a part of that plan about God's purpose, and so she praises him. And much of what Mary sang was taken from another lady in the Bible, Hannah, who was about a thousand years before Mary. And Mary would have heard these words from the scroll of 1 Samuel. Mary was a scroll sister. Hey, scroll sister, right? And This is what Hannah said, my heart exults in the Lord, my horn is exalted in the Lord, my mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Remember, uh, Hannah's story was a little bit different, but it did involve birth, right? Hannah was barren, which in her day was such a disgrace, such a dishonor, Um, just you would be shunned if you're a woman that couldn't have children, and yet, God answered her prayers and worked on her behalf, and da-da-da, Samuel showed up. Samuel was a prophet, he was a priest, and then he would also go on to anoint a little teenage boy, a shepherd boy named David, who would be one of the greatest kings in Israel, and in his line, the line of the tribe of Judah, another king would be born, and that's the Christmas baby, Jesus Christ, in David's royal line. Amazing. All in God's plan. He's the one that's sovereign. And because of just that fact, we ought to praise him even in uncertainty. He will enable us to do that. It was in the summer of 1984 when uh, one week after graduation from the Great Valley Christian High School in Cerritos, California, uh, I was driving home late one night and I was hit by a train, and I was bruised, I was banged up, I was concussed, my Volkswagen was totaled, and they never found the front seat. Coincidence? Good Irish luck? Or somebody's in control? God's in control, and I, be- I believed that then, And I've been dealt with that numerous times since then, that there is a sovereign God, and he has a plan. And the Bible says this in Romans, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say that, you know, all things are good that happen to us. He takes everything, and he uses it for his good. God's working right now in your life. Some of you, "Eh, I don't know about that, Brian. This has happened, this happened. 
Trust me, he's working in your life, behind your life, on your life. And because of that, let's praise him. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders, wonders of his love. Thank you, Isaac Watts, for writing that amazing song that helps us express that in the most incredible time, God is still in charge and joy just exudes from our life. That's the first thing, praising his sovereignty. The second is God's joy enables us to encounter his strength, to encounter his strength. It was in Hannah's prayer that she was rejoicing uh, before Samuel was actually born. Right? She already praised God because she was told this was going to happen. Her prayer would be answered. So maybe some of you can relate to that. Like you already like, yep, God said it, so I believe it. I'm going to keep on uh, with my life in this certain direction because I believe God said it. And the history is that God is strong. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to come through because of God's strength. Not mine, God's strength. And, and it's interesting that Hannah was not just really focusing about her life, but about what God was doing in human history, and now she was a part of that with Samuel. Now, that's a tough one, right, uh, being a barren woman. That's pretty tough. But in the Christmas story, in Luke, that's really tough. Mary was a virgin, right? How, God, how are you going to do this? How are you going to pull off your will this time? I think it's super important that we just pause for a second and mention this. Not everybody's doing it anymore. I'm not, I'm not sure why. The virgin birth is a central part of our Christian doctrine. Because Mary was a virgin, it means that her baby Jesus was all man, 100% man, and 100% God. We call him the God-man. And that's why Jesus Christ is unique. He's not like other things or there's other beings that are like him or that he doesn't have a brother. He's unique. He is the God-man. And that's why the virgin birth is so important. And I think we ought to keep uh, teaching and, and preaching it. She must have believed God was going to do it. She didn't understand, but she must have believed that God was going to make a way. He has shown strength with his arm, she said. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. She's thinking about, in the past, all the things that God has done, right? And now he's going to do it in her life. She would have known about Gideon. Old Testament guy, love Gideon, right? Gideon was like, eh, my clan is like the, is the lamest tribe in all the tribes. No way is God going to be able to use me. Oh, by the way, I'm the, the worst in my family. I'm the least in my family. Maybe he had some older siblings and stuff, right? And all of a sudden, his like self-esteem is like on the ground. Whatever it was, Gideon was like, eh, I can't do it. 
But then God said this. He says, Gideon, I will be with you. And I, I, I could have just filled my notes today of how many times in the Bible that's what it took and God just left a person and said, I'm going to be with you. My presence is with you. My power will do this. In other words, it's not you or me, and in this case, it's not Mary and how great or talented or skilled or gifted. It's God's strength in Mary, and it's in God that's in us in these times of uncertainty. She would have known that because she was a scroll sister. She would have known about Nehemiah the governor, that story, and Ezra the, the scribe, the priest when they led the, cap, the Babylonian captives back to Jerusalem to rebuild it. And in that time is when Nehemiah said that verse that we've already heard today, do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, I'm not getting the joy from all these things lining up in my life, and now I'm a happy guy, and now I can share joy with the world. No, it's in the crazy, uncertain times that God expresses himself through his people, men and women, boys and girls, especially in times like this, especially in times like Mary. Now, obviously, none of us can relate to what Mary went through, but just imagine the talk, imagine the shame. She was tough. God, you're going to have to figure this one out. How are you going to do it? The circumstances do not dictate our joy. Almighty God does. And when God the Holy Spirit is regularly filling your life and my life, he will produce joy, the joy of the Lord. In fact, it's the runner-up fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? Love, joy, there it is. So if God's working in our lives on a regular basis, we're going to see that. The world is going to see the church full of joy, maybe we're not always there, <laughs> then we need to just go back to the drawing board. Lord, fill me fresh today so that your joy can be expressed through my life. We know that the world needs it. My family needs it. My coworkers need it. My soul, God's giving his strength to somebody right now. Right now, he's strengthening you, in you, behind you, on you. Let's praise him. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel, strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Oh, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Thank you, Charles Wesley, for writing that one. Man, Christmas time just brings out the joy. Well, there's one more, right? I said there'd be three aspects to this. And the third one is this, is that God's joy enables us to trust his speech, right? 
Trust his speech. What he says. Toward the end of Mary's song, really almost all of the song, she sings about God and, and not herself. She sings about God's word, about God's promise. That God has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy, and says, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. She knows these stories, and she knows Abraham and all these things, offspring all the way down. God has been working through a people, and now she's a part of that. So she erupts in this song. Even back in Genesis chapter 3, it says there, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. You shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. There was a promise there and the promise, uh, the seed of the woman was going to do this amazing thing in the future, and he was actually God was handing out a punishment to the evil one at that point. Offspring, and the ultimate fulfillment of that was the offspring of Mary, the virgin birth, Jesus Christ. Amazing. I wonder if that's why Satan was always going after God's people through history. You know it's true, that's why. And even Paul, when he wrote after Christ, he said this, but the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. There was this amazing promise made and we believe into it, we, we get into that promise by faith in Jesus Christ. So Christmas is lights, Christmas is all this other stuff, but trust me, right in the middle of it is a calling for faith in Jesus Christ. Don't miss that. Mary realized that she was now a part of God's master plan of salvation. and She, she praised him. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not experience spiritual death, spiritual separation, but have eternal life, God's kind of life. And once God said that, he would do it. Did Mary understand how he was going to do it? No, of course not. That's why I'm still amazed that a, a teenager would be like, okay, use me, figure it out, because I certainly don't understand this. And I, is it okay to do that? I mean, I know so many people that they're really struggling in their life right now simply because God didn't let them understand what he was doing. And you're going to miss out on so much. What kind of God do you serve if you can understand him? He's just like you then. He's not like you. He's not like me. He's way above us. So it fits, it's logical that we're not going to be able to understand, which is why we have to have faith. And so a lot of times the people that you watch like, man, why is that person exhibiting joy all the time? It doesn't mean they have it all understood. It just means that they know, hey, God's got it. I'm, I don't know how he's going to work it out, but I know that he said it and he's going to do it because that's what God does. He always keeps his promises. 
And Mary couldn't explain it, but somehow a trust developed that day when she sang, and it would continue on through her life. You think about the things that she experienced as Jesus did his ministry, the things she experienced, the, the ultimate pain. She was one of the ones that was at the cross at Calvary. God, I really don't understand this, but I trust that you have a plan. He did. And God will enable us, church, even in uncertain times, if you don't understand what's going on right now. Think about uh, Brother Don and, and Alberta and the, the video. That the trust that they had, no matter what the outcome, Don said, they were going to have joy in their life. God would take care of it. He was in control. There was a peace. God ended up showing his strength in Don's life. And obviously, God's not done with Don Dykstra yet. And he's got a story to tell to his church family, to his kids, to his grandkids. Yes, even his great-grandkids. Even those watching online today. God's speaking today, friends. He's speaking to you. He's speaking to me. He's speaking behind you. He's speaking on you. We got to praise him for that. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Thank you, Charles Wesley. Second time, this guy wrote like over 6,000 uh, songs, and a lot of them are Christmas songs that people are still singing today. Amazing. God's in control. God's the one that's giving the power, enabling us to do that. He's been doing it. He's doing it right now as we speak. And then he's still speaking, and he's like, are you going to trust me? Mary was a great example you don't need a degree in rocket science today to know that we're all living in uh, maybe uncertainty will just be attached to 2020 what a day we're living in really and as we reflect on the the truth of the third sunday of advent somebody once said that joy is god's remedy for uncertain times doesn't make sense that's okay. In these times, our ultimate theme uh, for the, the whole Advent is there's a light at the end, a light at the end. We're going to get there. You're going to get there. I'm going to get there. Not sure how, but we're going to. And so inside wells up this amazing explosion and the church rises up with joy, and the easiest way to express that at Christmas time is through singing. But man, there's so many other ways that we express that joy that people around us. You got the joy? 
You got the joy? You got the joy? You got the joy? See how your faces just lit up right when I said that? You got the joy? I'm looking right at you, camera land. It's not about everything in your life being right. It's about the God that's in your life that will give you the joy right now. And because of that, we rejoice and we got to find a way to express it. I know it's a little more challenging when everybody's saying, stay in your house. But the church is going to find a way to express because at the center of the baby in the manger is the simple gospel story. God loves a sinful world and he made a way to make everything right. Let's pray together. Lord, in these uncertain times, we so desperately need you. Would you fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit that we may be enabled to be your people in these days? It's not us, God, but we're trusting you to do your will, your perfect will, in and through your people. And we pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus.